Let us set our hearts and minds in an attitude of prayer as we pray a prayer of illumination. Draw us close, Holy Spirit, as the scriptures are read and the word is proclaimed. Let the word of faith be on our lips and in our hearts, and let all other words slip away. May there be but one voice we hear today, the voice of truth and grace. Amen. The Old Testament scripture reading today is Psalm 98. For those who wish to follow along in the Pew Bibles, it is on page 540. Psalm 98. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of the melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. The word of the Lord. And our New Testament reading is the gospel for today. As was mentioned earlier, it comes from John's gospel. We read from the 15th chapter beginning at verse 9 and continuing through verse 17. If you'd like to follow along, you can find it on page beginning on page 983. Disciples before he goes to his passion. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. 
You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's begin in prayer. Loving God, we've sung your praises, we have offered our prayers, we have heard the words of Scripture. Be at work among us now by the power of your Holy Spirit to open our ears, our hearts, our very souls, that by the power of your Holy Spirit we might receive your living word, even Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, thinking of that which I've just read, the passage from John's Gospel, Jesus' words to his disciple, a portion of those words at least before he goes to his passion. Um, have any idea what Jesus might have been concerned about at that point? If I were to ask you to choose a one-word theme, um, what might it be, do you think? So I'm, I'm going to try something a little bit different. Um, it's present-day technology used in an old-school sort of way, I want to give you a musical hint. And I have the song on my phone, but as I thought about it, I, I really didn't want to plug my phone into the church sound system. That seemed a little risky, not least because, like many of you, I get sales calls all the time, and it seemed inappropriate during worship service. So I'm going to do the high-tech thing of playing a song from my phone over the microphone. See if you can get what I'm after. I'm just going to play a little bit of it, okay? Here we go. I didn't have to play very much, right? Anybody recognize that? I, I, who was some group that was popular a while back? Who was that? The Beatles, the Beatles right? All you need is love. I actually meant to begin it at uh, the very beginning which you might have gotten, I don't know if you remember. Would you have gotten it from that? Yes. <laughs> After that, of course, is love, 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 and it begins. Anyway, um, that's all I'm going to play you from my phone. <laughs> love, we know about that, right? Does that seem like an appropriate um, summary of what Jesus says? Uh, let's see. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. I didn't go back through and count the number of times the word love is used in those eight verses, I probably should have, but over and over again. 
you think maybe, just maybe, Jesus might have been concerned about, I don't know, love? Well, fortunately, we live in a culture, you and I today, that we know about love, right? TV shows, songs on the radio or on our phones or whatever, popular culture, advertisements, the internet. No, don't check the internet. Um, Maybe our culture doesn't know that much about love, at least not the way Jesus is talking about it. But, but, but hey, we're the church, right? We know better than the world around us what love means, right? We don't have church fights or disagreements, um, right? No politics in church, nothing like that. We always get along. Um, well, maybe, mm, not so sure. Maybe we do need to hear again, think again, learn about love as Jesus talks about it. This is, of course, as was said during the children's sermon, what Jesus comes to teach us. Now, I remember learning from one of my seminary professors, at least if I remember correctly, that when the gospel writers and the apostle Paul were writing down what we now know as the New Testament, they had several words in the Greek language uh, for love that they could have used. There was the word for romantic love, Eros, romantic love, uh, love for uh, one's partner. No, that's not the word they used. There was philia, brotherly, sisterly love, civic love, concern for one's friends. They didn't use that either. Nor did they use any of the other commonly used words that were available at the time. But there was this one word that had sort of generations before fallen out of favor and still existed in the Greek language but wasn't used much and not probably, we think, even really remembered as to what it referred to. And that was the word agape. And that's the word that the scripture writers, the gospel writers, Paul chose to communicate the love that Jesus was speaking of. The love that we see most fully in Jesus on the cross. He talks about it this way. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I've called you friends. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Agape. We're invited into the inner circle, Jesus says, by his decision. Calling us friends, we're invited into the fellowship that he has with the Father so that we are on the inside circle 
when it comes to this business of love. And that word, I would remind you, points outside beyond this text in John's gospel. You may know of another verse that comes earlier in this gospel that uses the same word. When Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, John 3.16, you know that passage, that verse? For God so loved the world, not humankind, not his people, the cosmos, creation, all of it. For God so loved creation that he gave his only son. This is the love to which we are called not a feeling, because you can't command feelings, and that's what Jesus is doing here. If I were to tell you, uh, see that person over there, feel love for them. Would you be able to do that, quamp that up inside yourself? No, we can't do it. This love is an action. Act lovingly towards that person no matter how you feel about them, whether you like them or not, whether or not you agree, love them. This is the love to which Jesus calls us today. At this particular time in the life of Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church, I think it's important that we pay close, pay close attention to this passage this is, let me be clear, the lectionary gospel lesson for this day. But as is so often, surprisingly so, the case, it seems very fitting. Because today is Confirmation Sunday. We have 44 members or so of the Confirmation class. This is that day each year during which we as a fellowship of faith, a congregation, receive into full adult membership of this church, those young people who have spent the past eight months or so learning about and reflecting on the faith into which they were baptized as infants, an act of faith their parents took on their behalf, which they themselves, of course, cannot even remember, right? So here's something how many of you all here were baptized as infants? Raise your hands. The vast majority of folks here, like myself as well. Um, so there is a line in one of the baptismal liturgies to, spoken to the congregation. We don't use this, but the congregation is called to remember with joy their own baptism. Do you remember your baptism? I don't remember mine. I was, who knows how old, a few months. No. But still that call is there. Someone has said that baptism is a sacrament which gathers meaning. Because every time we witness a baptism, we are called to reflect on the fact that those of us who were baptized as infants were baptized in this same way, carried down the aisle because we are unable even to walk on our own, welcomed into God's love and grace. So there's that. 
But not only that, this particular day is set in the midst of an interim time for this church, this congregation, a time between the leadership of called pastors. And this is a time of discernment, of remembering and reflecting, a time in which leaders and members both prayerfully seek the leading of the Holy Spirit into the future, not to be sure, a time for taking control and accomplishing agendas, as ripe an opportunity as this might seem for that. Instead, it is to be a time of remembering that our Lord himself has given us as a church a mission statement. This is my commandment, he says, that you love one another as I have loved you. You did not choose me, he says, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Notice, by the way, that there is nothing here about budgets or buildings or business or any of those things which tend to capture our attention and consume us and seem so important. Not that they aren't important, they are, but we always need to remember that they are secondary, not primary. They're always in service of our true calling from Christ, which is to love one another and all the world, all creation, as we remember John 3, 16. This is the love that Jesus is talking about when he says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And so, members of the confirmation class, I have something to ask you, okay? I have a job for you, if you will take it. Remind us of that, because we grown-ups tend to forget, all right, that we are called always in everything we do, every decision we make, to be those who love with Jesus' love. How do we do that? Not by dying on a cross. He's already done that for us once for all. But rather, in every decision that we make, by small acts of bravery and sacrifice, by standing up to those who would behave in unloving ways, by giving of ourselves, teaching in vacation Bible school, church school, youth fellowship, visiting someone in the hospital, attending a church school class, serving on a ministry team, whatever, wherever the Spirit pushes us, gently inviting us in. That's what it means to love. Remind us of that, okay, when you see us, if you see us going wrong. There's a as I thought about this text this week and, and was preparing for this morning, I was reminded of a book that I read years ago. I expect 
Some of you know it, maybe many of you. A book called Tuesdays with Maury. Any of you remember that? It was popular a number of years ago. Mitch Album, the, the um, writer, remembers his favorite uh, professor in college and learns that uh, he has just been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. Uh, and so goes once a week to visit with Maury for what he calls his final class with Maury um, and walks with him alongside him until, and, uh, until his death. And in that book, there's this passage. Before college, I did not know the study of human relations could be considered scholarly. Until I met Maury, I did not believe it. But his passion is real and contagious. We begin to talk seriously sometimes after class when the room has emptied. He asks me questions about my life, then quotes lines from Eric Fromm, Martin Buber, Eric Erickson. One afternoon, I'm complaining about the confusion of my age, what is expected of me versus what I want for myself. Have I told you about the tension of opposites, he says? The tension of opposites? Life is a series of pulls back and forth. You want to do one thing, but you're bound to do something else. Something hurts you, yet you know it shouldn't. You take certain things for granted, even when you know you should never take anything for granted. Attention of opposites, like a pull on a rubber band. And most of us live somewhere in the middle. Sounds like a wrestling match, I say. A wrestling match. He laughs. Yes, you could describe life that way. So which side wins, I ask? Which side wins? He smiles at me. The crinkled eyes, the crooked teeth. Love wins. Love always wins. That's the word to us this day, I think, from our Lord himself. This is what we remember today as we gather here. In fact, every Sunday as we gather here, we are called to be Jesus' own community of love, of radical friendship. That's what we remember this day and always. This is what we celebrate, what we dedicate ourselves to. I've said these things to you, Jesus said, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.